dementia researcher with a blog and a rating. The measure of COVID-19 on loneliness in dementia. Some of the most powerful outcomes of therapy when working with people with dementia and their families have been their comments on the impact of therapy, often given as throwaway comments towards the end of a therapy session. One memorable moment was a wife telling me quite seriously that she was planning to divorce her husband until I made her realise that he hadn't become the selfish man she thought, but that his language impairment made it feel that way sometimes. Once she understood how to communicate with him, their relationship improved. Another was from a husband who told me I'd helped him see that he was the foundation for communication now. He felt he needed the skills to underpin and scaffold interaction and with my help he'd realised he had the skills and he could do it. This week someone told me I'd helped him get humour back into his relationship with his wife. Yet somehow I don't feel the research outcomes that we use have captured this to date. We measure language on formal tests and collect discourse samples or picture descriptions. The rating scales I use in my studies ask people and their partners to rate domains of quality of life on a numerical scale. They are asked to rate their confidence in going to the bank and watching television. They may be asked about the impact of their difficulties as well as the burden and the stress of their difficulties. Often these don't seem directly related to what we worked on nor their actual lives. There are many things that affect confidence and increase the daily burden of living with somebody with dementia. But do these measures really prove that therapy does or does not work? Perhaps it is the way we use the measures rather than the measure itself. The holy grail of intervention research is the randomised controlled trial. Yet the qualitative feedback I describe is not considered rigorous enough to warrant use as a measure on such a trial. Single case studies or group studies followed by focus groups are considered more suitable for complex intervention research. And, you know, I'm inclined to agree. Despite this, many of the studies, these particular studies, may not be considered systematic enough or thorough enough or unbiased enough. Thus, they do not have the same influence on standards of care and guidelines for practice, nor on commissioners. This is incredibly frustrating. There is no doubt that social interaction provides a quality of life worth a living for and the speech and language therapy interventions that we develop and deliver are an important and valuable component of maintaining this interaction, especially for those with language-led dementias or with language and communication as a secondary symptom of dementia. In other words, many people with dementia. The recent evidence from the COVID-19 pandemic only underlines this. Not only are there more people with dementia contracting and dying of the virus, but the impact has meant that people with dementia are isolated from cognitive stimulation and interaction with their loved ones. The Alzheimer's Society reports indicate that this isolation is resulting in a cognitive deterioration and increased mortality. This has been observed both where people are living in nursing or residential facilities or even at home. And one of my colleagues described it as though her patients were dying of loneliness. Perhaps it is therefore not ethical to properly measure the impact of social and interactional interventions in dementia. To deny one arm of a trial this type of interaction and intervention 
and yet deliver it in the other in the other might seem particularly unethical. Perhaps the COVID-19 pandemic has actually provided the best randomized controlled trial we could have for those without it have died of loneliness. Thank you for listening. Join the Dementia Research bloggers and share your own views.